Happy Monday. What's going on, fanatics? A little Monday Musings podcast installment for you guys today. Figure may as well. Uh, let's let's get a little nuts here on a Monday morning. Presented by our friends at Ames Eye and Des Moines Eye today. I didn't get to do a thesis last week. There really wasn't much going on. I don't want to force the thesis, if that makes sense. Like, if I've got something I want to get in-depth with, I'm going to do it. But uh, there really wasn't anything last week, so pushing that to today. We're doing a Monday Musings podcast. I'm actually going in Thursday, 1 o'clock, is my eye appointment with Dr. Kruger at Des Moines Eye. I care for the whole family. I think I'm going to take my daughter, Cameron, have her eyes checked out as well. Remember them. They are good local people, and they support everything we do here at Cyclone Fanatic. CycloneFanatic.com, Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network, Ames, I, and Des Moines, I, bringing you today's Monday musings. Um, all right, just a really few uh, quick things to off the top. I just wanted to do a little bit on Iowa State Athletics this weekend, and then I did something I don't do very often. I'll call for mailbag questions from time to time. I, I did today's Ask Me Anything. I, I don't, So I don't what, what we're doing here. I'm not editing these. I don't know what you guys asked me. And I'm going to read, and I'm going to react to what you've asked me on the forums. That's coming up. How's it sound? Let's roll. Um, basketball this weekend. Yeah, because we all saw Iowa State winning the game by 30 points coming, right? A lot to take in there. Um, one, Tex- you have to acknowledge the fact that Texas was without many of its best players. Shaka Smart's team has been completely decimated, as is Iowa State's, really, when you take away Tyrese Halliburton. But um, nonetheless, a good win. Just happy for everybody involved. I mean, Hilton was great, considering the trajectory of the season um you know it's good to see a guy like Michael Jacobson have a have a solid game like that he hasn't played that well this year you want to see seniors you know have success just for from that aspect so that was cool um uh we'll we'll get to more of that I'm assuming you guys are asking me about basketball in this the one takeaway I had from this weekend was from Iowa State wrestling believe it or not watch the duel Last night, the the you and I won. I, I didn't get to watch it in live, but I did get to go back on Cyclones.tv. And what stood out to me was not only a win, a two-point win over Northern Iowa, a team that really handled Iowa State last year, but that was, I don't know, like I, watching the, the crowd and stuff, it seemed different. It seemed like Iowa State wrestling of, of old, The just the level of excitement in there. I'm sure the fact that it was an in-state rival – had something to do with it, but you know, two top twenty teams. Iowa State picks up a win in in very exciting fashion. But it was the atmosphere was really cool. I wish that I could have been there. And there haven't been many Iowa State wrestling duels in the last ten years where I'm like, man, I wish I could have made that one. But I really wish I could have been up there on Sunday. That that definitely stood out to me. They beat West Virginia on Friday, Northern Iowa on Sunday. Iowa State wrestling seems to be beating the teams that it should beat and is having a harder time, you know, kind of out kicking its coverage at this point in the season. We'll see how that build up to March goes for the group. But I thought yesterday what we saw there was definitely a, a step in the right direction. Uh, women's basketball lost at TCU. 
you 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 thought going into last week if they could just split Texas and TCU, that's a phenomenal week. So I'll absolutely take it after that road win at Texas earlier on. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of your rundown of the weekend. Now hoops tonight at Kansas, Iowa State's a sixteen point underdog. Woof. I'm sure that we will get into that more here coming up. All right, um, quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors and then more of the Monday Musings Ask Me Anything style here on uh, your February 17th uh, on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Welcome back. It's Monday Musings Ask Me Anything style. So what we did, uh, we're presented today by Ames Eye and Des Moines Eye, obviously, what we did today is went on to the forums. I said, ask me anything. So I'll see what you guys came up with. Want to remind everybody to please rate and review our podcasts. You can also contribute to Patreon. If you like what we do for absolutely free for you guys. And most importantly, you can support our sponsors. Because that's what keeps this site rolling. Ames Eye and Des Moines Eye today sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's head to the forums and do a little ask me anything. Now, again, I haven't read these yet, so I hope you guys behaved. I'm sure some of you didn't, but that's fine. I put it in the off topic, too, so it's like kind of begging for begging for some trouble here on a Monday morning. All right, Moore's 2 asks, with Solomon Young's postgame looking more and more refined, are you surprised – he wasn't a bigger part of the offensive game plan to start the year. Not really. I mean, I think he, if you think about it, he, he kind of was. He was given opportunities at the beginning of the year, and, um, you know, George Condit kind of was outplaying him. And remember, he gets, he gets benched, and all of a sudden these post moves start to kind of show up, right? And not that he wasn't doing it, but I, I remember the guy, like, for say, in, in, in the Bahamas. Solomon taking a lot of those long twos, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the guy you're seeing now. And I, in Solomon's defense, it's a guy who didn't play last year. Maybe he, maybe it took him a while to knock the rust off. I don't know, but I do know it's, it's interesting watching him and Condit, like whoever seems to be coming off the bench, it seems to play better in that role. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think Solomon right now, you look at what he's doing over the last month and you, you start to look at next year and it gives you a little bit of hope. Like, I mean, if you have that sort of a guy, now I'm not I'm not ready to put next year's team on Solomon Young and, and say, let's go to the Sweet 16. But I I, I think it he has come a long way and, and is playing really solid basketball right now. But he, well, it's not, he hasn't been doing that all year. So, no, I, I'm not surprised he wasn't a, a bigger part of everything to to start the season. Uh, P.T. Pie, how warm is Steve Prohm's seat? Um, I think, like, let's say you're in your truck and you put your seat warmer on and, you, and it just starts to feel warm. That would be how I am. He's not going to get fired after this year. So I think if any fans are out there and that's what you're like hoping for, or that's what you're wondering, he's not like, I, I would be absolutely stunned. Um, especially I think it, it probably helps Steve's situation with Halliburton going down and in, in that sense. Um, but you know, I think that if just knowing Jamie Pollard and how he 
how he works. He'll let Steve have an opportunity to work himself out of this. With you know, they have a top twenty-five recruiting class coming in. It's not like you look at this and it's like where you know where is talent coming from? Like, do we have any talent coming in? Like, that's the case now. I think that if they're they're clearly not going to the tournament this year, and if next year you're at you know five wins in the Big Twelve again, I think that you certainly ramp things up just a little bit. I, I think that. You know, the one thing Jamie Pollard, I, I think, has to look for is Hilton Coliseum. And if Hilton Coliseum starts to really lose, not, I'm not even talking about like the win record there, but like the the luster if people stop going to games, that's really to me what will speak to this whole thing more than a specific like, oh, what record do they have to be or how far do they have to go in the NCAA tournament or anything like that. I think Hilton Coliseum is the real barometer when it comes to judging that, but no, I, I don't think Steve C is hot right now. Um, but I think next year is a, a really the crucial year probably for him, um, in evaluating his long-term future at Iowa state. Moving on. Let's go to Messi, who asks, what identity or style of program does Prome want ISU basketball to be? I think Steve, well, Wani wants to, he wants to play up tempo. Like I've, I've joked with him this year about, hey, why don't you just slow it down and, you know, play Virginia UNI style, like joking. He, he won't ever do that. Like that's, so he, he does want to play up tempo. I think he is more of a guy who, he wants his team to be more of your um, Seton Hall, um, not as far as West Virginia, but I, he is a he wants them to be gritty, toughness. He grew up in that era, you know, down south where that that was really the style of basketball that that he appreciates. You, you look at David Hobbs, who is a critical advisor to Steve Prome, the style of ball his teams have always played. That I think that that's probably it. Um, it's difficult, like when you, I, and I, I think I know where you guys are probably going with this. Like you look at like Hoiberg, and it was so obvious, right? Like let's just go out and just shoot a ton of threes, and we're gonna outscore everybody. Probably not gonna play a lot of defense. I always said that Fred's Fred's teams were kind of like Cliff Kingsbury in the sense that you were just gonna out, try and outscore everybody, and that was fun and all that stuff. This one's a little more unique. Um, yeah, I to me that is it, which makes this season the most disappointing because I thought that's what this year's team was going to be. Um, I thought it would be best case probably around a bubble team, which clearly they're not going to to reach that. But I thought all along like okay, this team's going to have to play like a nasty style. Um, think back to that Seton Hall game in in Hilton Coliseum, like that type of ball. We've seen that a couple times this year. But this group has never been able to sustain that level of toughness. I now get, don't get me like me. I don't want Iowa State to be that every year because I think it's a lot harder to sustain over the long haul. You got to have the right type of guys to do that. It's harder and harder to recruit those guys in 2020, um, especially at Iowa State in the sense that you're you're generally taking a lot of transfers. You 
You go Juca every once in a while. You need three, three four-year guys. And I think one of the problems Prohm's had is he's lost so many dudes um, to the NBA now, and there'll be three here in four years or whatever it's going to be. It, it's hard to have that be your culture if you don't have guys here for sustained for the long haul. And I, I, I go back into the Hoiberg era and, and point that out as well. Like he, they had guy, they have four-year guys. And so then the new guys would come in and it was pretty clear. Like Prom's rosters just turned over so much where I think it's I think it's difficult just to to establish that I, in in this sense. And I think it will be next year too. So I don't know. Like I, I haven't really looked ahead to next year's team. You know, I, I think the right identity for any basketball program is mending it to your players and um. Yeah, I mean, and and that's why I could I could say this year I think that's what the identity had to be because you look at this team and you look at its skill and its shooting and you just knew, well, this team's not going to be able to go out and average, you know, eighty points a game. I mean, they're just not, and unfortunately, they haven't been able to really put it together on the other end. Um. Okay, JP Forsy. If you could make one casserole for the casserole carnival, what would it be? I make a really good, um, I put egg noodles, chicken, cheese, uh, some broccoli, some onions, like some cream of chicken soup. And then I put some like um, Ritz crackers in there. You mix it all together. I like Creole seasoning. You guys know what that is, Creole. Put it in there. Mix it all together. That's my best casserole dish. Although I make a hell of a breakfast casserole. It's probably the best breakfast casserole you've never eaten. Eggs, sausage, bacon. The key is some mustard powder. Really gives it a little zip. Yeah, I make the best breakfast casserole in the world. And you can take that to the bank. The best in the world. That's what I would take. Ask me anything, guys. I'll come on here and claim that I'll make the best casserole in the entire universe. BC clone. Will the ladies make the big dance? Yes, I think they will. I think that... As long as they don't collapse and lose some games they're not supposed to lose, which I don't think this group will, I think they will make the NCAA tournament. The last five-game stretch solidified that for me. That win at Texas was huge last week, monumental for for that. Um, you know, trying. I think this is – guys, you should go back. I think we had a really good conversation on Thursday night, Jared Stansberry and I, on the Cyclone Fanatic radio show. I think this is Finley's best coaching job. I don't want to say ever because I just I don't know that, but in a really long time, I think he's done a phenomenal job with this group. They I don't think this is an NCAA tournament like team, but they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. They've bought in. I mean, you look at like Adriana Camber, like where she was at the beginning of the year and the role she's in now. Ashley Jones is a top 10 player in women's college basketball. 
Um, they just they all like they know their roles and they stay. It's it's been really impressive. Yes, I think they're an NCAA tournament team. All right, Cyclone Four L. Two questions. When Halliburton is not on the floor, the team struggles with turning the ball over. Most of the time, it's a bad pass. Sometimes the dribbler loses control of the ball. Is this more of a player issue or a coaching issue? Can the coach fix the turnover issue relatively quickly, or is that something that's going to take an offseason to correct? Well, I think uh, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton's an elite point guard. He's one of the best in the country, and he's going to be a lottery pick. And Iowa State doesn't have anybody else even near that. You can't just – you know, Regier Bolton has more turnovers this year than he does assists. A lot of that where he was playing when Tyrese is on the floor. But you can't just plug in Prentice Nixon and Regier Bolton into the Tyrese Halliburton role and expect things to be flawless. Now, I will say this, watching that game against Texas, I think that there's an aspect of this where – these guys will all kind of look better now without Tyrese, only in the sense that Tyrese is so good. He got them so many wide-open looks that you'd be like, oh, that's a good shot with most guys. Well, I'm sorry, but if Prentice is open, like, in the corner, it's not a good shot. It's just not, like, because he's probably not going to make it, right? So I think now these guys are, like, they're having to work more for their shots, and they're getting better shots for them as a result. So maybe that'll result in some wins. Do not take it as I'm saying Iowa State's better with Tyrese Halbert or without him. I'm not saying that at all. That would be a stupid opinion to have, and I do not have it. But I think there is an aspect where these guys, there's they have to see the floor differently now, and they have to space things differently now. And Tyrese is so good, he would have them so open like that again would be a good shot for a corner three was a great shot for Dustin Hogue. A corner three is not a great shot for Mike Jacobson, right? You see my point. Mike's good shots are what we saw on Saturday. Him getting to the hoop, post moves, Solomon, post moves. Prentice is a lot better when he's, you know, getting inside the lane from the elbow than he is uh, uh, from outside the wing. Regier's really good when he attacks the basket. And he, he's a good open three-point shooter. You, I think Hopefully you understand what I'm saying. After listening to one of your podcasts, you had me intrigued in checking out a women's game. Convince me why I should travel to next Sunday's game. I need to see who they're playing next Sunday. Give me one second. Um, this kind of goes with what we were just talking about, about how hard this team has played this year and how far it has come. So perhaps that is what you were referring to. Um, oh, okay. That they got Texas tech. Absolutely. Go to that on Sunday. Go take your kids. It'll be, it'll be a fantastic atmosphere. They should win that game. This team is, um, I, I think the Iowa state women's basketball program. I said this on Thursday. This is the podcast you're referring to. I think Iowa State women's basketball is going to be a top 15 program for the next three years. When you look at the recruiting, what they have coming back, combine all of those things. Next, The next three years, maybe longer than that, three to probably longer with the recruits coming in, they've got a top five recruiting class coming in. McDonald's All-American, are you kidding me? With Ashley Jones, with Maggie Espinmiller-McGraw, Kristen Scott will be... And a, a really good to elite level big ball player next year. 
Check them out. They're a blast. TZ Jung. Can we stay within 20 points of Kansas at the Fog tonight? Yes. Do I think they will? Eh, I don't know about that. J.M. Forsy. Talk some wrestling today, CW. General thoughts. For grappling fans, yesterday was so freaking sweet. Also... I would love to get one of those hour-long podcasts with Dresser in the offseason. You are in luck. I've talked to Kevin about that, and we are going to do that. I did give some wrestling love um, to start off the podcast, so you got to be happy about that, right? That was really cool, too. I'm, I, um, and it's, it, it's just because of Dresser. I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up your rear. But I'm like more into Iowa State wrestling now than I ever have been. I, I'm I'm in love with the sport. I'm, I'm I've always been a really big combat sports fan. I love the UFC. I, I watch as many you know UFC fights as I can. I, I used to love boxing. I'm really looking forward to Fury Wilder coming up on Saturday night. I'm totally gonna buy that. I love combat sports, and um, the fact that Iowa State wrestling is on its way up is makes me very happy. Now, I I do caution like I, I i just wonder what i'd love to talk to kevin about on this it's like what should expectations be and like how fast should they go because i, I think it's just so easy here to be like oh we gotta beat iowa well they're like elite right like so like that duel not this year but last year probably moved expectations faster and higher than they should have been. You get what I'm saying? I, I want to know, like, for the casual fan, because I'm trying to help them. You know, I want to build wrestling up. I want casual people uh, like me five years ago to be interested in this. But, like, like what are, what's realistic? Because I think a lot of people look at this year and they're like, well, they're underachieving. But I don't know if they are. Like, I, and what, and what is, can, you, can you underachieve in January? wrestling's weird in that sense and it's hard for people who aren't into the sport to understand like that it that nothing really matters until march that's i mean this is what this is what i look at and see it's like everything is built up to march and i guess that's the way for college basketball but if you don't you know if you don't perform then you can't get there sans the winning your conference tournament i don't know it's interesting i i'm definitely going to get um I'm going to get Dresser on. We will do an off the record with him. I promise you. That is an absolute promise. Gunner Clone, have you ever heard any serious talk of adding ice hockey as an official sport at Iowa State, either men's or women's? No, I have not. I've heard it's very expensive. Now, I've always said, and this pisses off a lot of people, but I would rather see hockey as a varsity sport at Iowa State than baseball. I think that'd be awesome. And it makes sense. Climate, you know, you don't have to do the traveling thing like you do with baseball where all your games are in Florida and Arizona in the winter. I would love to see hockey as a sport at Iowa State. But I just, no, I have not heard any serious talk of it, but I thought I always thought it would be the most natural one to add. Um, DSM Psy. Let's assume Prome goes back to Murray State after the season. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. Does Pollard have the ability or desire to spend money needed on a splashy hire? John Beeline may be out of a job soon. Thad Mata might be ready to get back into coaching. Can Pollard open up the checkbook and pay somebody $3 million plus, or would he go back to the mid-major ranks or just hire TJ right away? That's referring to TJ Otzelberger. Um, that's a really interesting question. 
I would assume it the Pollard. I would guess that as long as TJ Otzelberger would be willing to come to Iowa State, he would be the front runner to land that job. I thought he would have got. I thought he was going to get that job after Fred Hoiberg left. The prom hire um, surprised me, if you guys remember at the time. Um, I think that one thing Jamie Pollard has learned the most after his 15 years at Iowa State is the importance of fit. Right? Is, is This is not a job for everybody. So, and we've seen that before. Like, you know, Gene Chizik didn't fit here. And I'm not trying to downplay the man. I don't think Larry Eustachie would fit here now. I think he did very well back then. I don't know if Larry would to look at like, you know, what they have going on right now as far as fit, I really, really like. Campbell Campbell is um he epitomizes Iowa State. He loves the whole Campbell loves being an underdog. Like he loves it. He loves it when people doubt him. He thinks it's freaking awesome. Like he he eats it up. I think Dresser is the same way. You know, small town, humble. Bill Finley is Iowa State. He's a cornerstone of the athletic department. I've said that for ten years. I think Prome is a great fit in that sense. Prome has to win, though. We all know that. And that's what you're referencing. My point, like, I don't know Thad Mata. Would Thad Mata, like, would he fit well here? Because, I mean, we've – winning at Ohio State's one thing. Winning at Ames is another. I don't know. Beeline, to me, is interesting. I don't think that – I don't think Beeline would probably come to Iowa State. You know, going to the NBA after Michigan. I feel like the NBA is his last stop probably. I, I think that TJ Otzelberger, and I have to be honest, he's one of my best friends. So, like, I can't sit here and lie to you guys. Like, and I'm not, um, and it'll be really interesting for me, like, what I do career wise if TJ becomes the coach, because I don't even feel comfortable answering this question. Um, and I'll, I can explain that later, but when he went off to, Washington that time um just being honest with you guys like we became really good we were going through some life things together our wives and we became really close I I think that and I don't I think that he would be the front runner if he wants to come back to Iowa State based off of what he's done as a head coach multiple NCAA tournaments conference championships at South Dakota State Northern I or his UNLV team. I watch every game. I haven't missed a minute this year. They're not very good, but they compete like crazy. You know, he kind of that's kind of what he inherited. I think he's done a really good job this year. They should be right in the thick of things to win the Mountain West next year. I don't know. I think that he he would be the front runner. Uh, okay, let me sift through some of these. You guys are responding to one another. What's the ceiling? Um, Sigma Polis, what's the ceiling and what's the floor for men's basketball next year? How do they end up at either uh, continuum? Um, The ceiling would be an NCAA tournament. I think it's certainly possible. 
the you know good recruiting class coming in. I think Bolton is going to be a really nice three-year player for Iowa State. Um, the the Johnson kid coming off of the transfer, he's an immediate starter. The um, you know Solomon Young coming back, George Condit coming back. You definitely have some pieces there if you can add a couple of transfers. They need to get older. You know, hopefully Terrence Lewis can continue and be have a really nice senior season. Um, but they need to get older, right? What I don't want is another, oh, well, we got five guys coming in and they're all freshmen and, you know, that's hard. The floor would be, you know, four or five wins in the Big 12 and Prom gets fired. But I don't – I have more faith in next year because these guys coming in are really good. I think last year's recruiting class was – you knew Jackson and Grill were going to be okay. The other two guys were kind of just projects, right? They were, you know, Leach, and, and that didn't work out. And that's why you look at the failures of this year, and it's that middle of the roster. You know, Zion Griffin, um, he, hopefully he's a guy that takes another step. But you don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know about a lot of these guys. That's why they lost to Florida A&M. It wasn't because THT left. It wasn't because Lindell left or Tyrese was out. It was because that middle of the roster wasn't good enough to beat a bad low major team. So what's the middle of the roster look like next year? The top end isn't going to be as high. I do think we're seeing a little bit that makes me more comfortable with what Iowa State could have. But, I mean, you're looking at next year and and crazy stuff happens in Big 12 basketball. Who knows what happens in the offseason? But I'd be surprised if they're not picked 8th to 10th next year in the Big 12. Um, clone fan four. Uh, this is another. Uh, yeah, how hot is prom seat? I already talked about that stuff. Get awesome. Deal with the devil. To choose one of the following is to agree to terms that the other will never happen: Pollard's new entertainment district or a football national championship. Football national championship every day. Don't even need to discuss it. Bring it on. Football National Championship. That sets you up for decades after. Yeah, can't use that. Oh, there's no history and tradition anymore. Entertainment District. Have you ever been to Main Street Names? What the hell do we need an entertainment district for when I've got the corner pocket? Um, C C Y C L N State, and he's got a picture of a skull. Any whispers of Campbell pursuing a grad transfer, or do you think they feel pretty good about the offensive line as is? Is the spring scrimmage extinct? Yeah, no spring game this year. I'll tell you that right now. Campbell hates the spring game. They're gonna do some other cool stuff though. I don't I don't have it like in writing, but stay tuned. Grad transfer, I think if one's available, he would absolutely pursue an offensive lineman on the or a grad transfer offensive lineman. Um, that is about it. Hold on. We got a couple scragglers who posted late. Yeah. A lot of you guys are just like, um, commenting on just each other now. How did the daddy daughter dance go? Scotty P wants to know. It was fantastic. It was maybe the two of the best hours of my life. And I'm not just saying that it was phenomenal. I didn't know how my daughter Cammie would react like in that, it was a madhouse, by the way, in the middle school gym in Bondurant. 
an absolute madhouse. Just little girls running around screaming, let it go. And just requesting Old Town Road over and over and over and over and over again. But it was awesome. We had so much fun. I was surprised at how much my daughter actually wanted to dance with me. And that was great. Come on. State fan 515 ISU wants to know if I've ever sharded my pants in public. Of course I have. I'm a man. Don't ask dumb questions. Cyclone ML. How close were Dan McCarney, Gene Chiswick, or Paul Rhodes to getting over the hump? They all were in different eras. Dan McCarney did get over the hump. He started getting Iowa State the bowl games and got people to care. Gene Chiswick is interesting. He had talent. I think he was learning at a coach on the job at Iowa State, and I think Paul Rhodes benefited a lot from Gene Chiswick's talent. Rhodes was always, I thought, about two players away from getting over that proverbial hump you speak of. Rhodes was also at Iowa State during the time of the Big 12 missile crisis that really impacted recruiting, and he missed. He couldn't recruit quarterbacks. So... I think all of those guys, like, I think that you're kind of piecing them all together in one conversation. I think that we have to have multiple conversations about each of them. All right, last one, Intrepid27. What do you think our record would have been this year if Cam Lard and either Wigginton or THT would have come back? I think Iowa State would have been an NCAA tournament team. I don't know about record, but I think that they would have won. You're looking at 10-8 and eight or 11-7 and seven at least in the Big 12, and you're in the NCAA tournament. Especially THT. I think he's more valuable than Wigginton. Lard, yeah, I mean, I think just THT on this team, you're probably a tournament team. Both of them, you're looking at a really special deal. But, um, yeah, I think that THT is really um, – and we didn't really ever see, like, really good THT either. That was the, the bummer of it because he was just kind of, you know, he was a freshman. He was unplayable last year in the NCAA tournament. Do you guys remember that? It was crazy. He was really bad. And look at what he's doing now. Like, he was just kind of getting things together, and he's a zone buster. You throw him in the middle, pop off at the three, can attack. He's a really nice player. God, I wish that they could have kept him. But I'm glad he's doing well in the pros. And I'm glad you all chose to spend part of your Monday with me. The Monday Musings Podcast. Ask me anything. Rate, review, respond. Let me know if you like these. I really enjoy doing them. The the spontaneousness of just not knowing what's coming is great. And uh, we thank our friends at Ames Eye and Des Moines Eye. Have a fantastic rest of your Monday, everybody. Uh, Clones tonight, 8 o'clock tip. I'll have instant reaction shortly following the game.